listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I would just like to go over a few things today just to start before I really get into what's happening in America and why you really need to pay attention. First of all, uh, Joe Biden has not reached out to any of the governors that are uh, affected by the the snow and the ice and, and I, you know quite frankly if i'm the governor of texas i don't want to talk to joe biden i don't really care to talk to joe biden but if donald trump didn't reach out to uh, andrew cuomo when they were in the emergency that they were having all hell would have broken loose now as far as i'm concerned up yours Joe Biden, I don't really care. But where is the press? Where is the man who says I'm going to be uniting? I'm I'm the president for all Americans. Really? Because you have 3 million Americans right now that don't have any power. You have 3 million Americans that are facing something they've not faced since 1940. And that is a temperature of 1 in Texas. One. What do I hear instead? I hear from the New York Times that we're not prepared in Texas for the new reality of global climate change. That this system was built for an entirely outdated world. No, it's really not. It's really not. You know what happened? We went all green. We put a bunch of worthless windmills out in Texas that are sitting there completely stopped. Now, why are windmills a problem? Well, because you don't have battery capacity. You can't keep any of the energy that they make. If you want to use the wind power when it's windy, turn on all the appliances in your house and you're going to have plenty. But if the wind stops, God forbid, nothing so then what do we do? Well, we go back to natural gas. <gasps> Not natural gas. Yeah. Yeah. We go back to natural gas. And here's the problem with Texas. First of all, we went all environmentally uh, uh, sound and not mechanically sound. Not intelligently sound. Apparently, we, there, there's a gauge when, when you turn on the, the, the gas plants. You know, it's just like turning on a turbine. It's, it's like starting a jet. And they have, they have measurements there of how much natural gas is going into the turbine. Well, because we're in Texas and it never gets cold. We didn't wrap those stupid devices so those stupid devices are frozen solid and can't measure how much gas is going into the turbine. So you can't turn it on because it can't measure. And you put too much in and things go boom. The New York Times lectured me this morning uh, that <laughs> it sounds like with the wind power, it sounds like Texas has a very progressive 
uh, uh, energy situation. Yes, we do. Mark my words, America. We now have in Texas a very progressive energy policy. We have all of the oil and the gas that we could possibly ever use. And we're not using it because we want to be environmentally friendly. And you know what's even more environmentally friendly? Having people, they're more, if I may quote uh, Prince Charles, or is it his daddy that said, you know, people are like a virus. And, you know, really, they should be exterminated because they're the biggest problem. Well, you know what's really great? What's really great is this weather, because we have windmills that don't work, will kill a bunch of those people. Oh, man. And then our carbon footprint will go down. Now, I'm sure there are things the United States government could do. To help the people in other states, Texas, I hope we're saying, oh, man, I am so close to using words that I should not use. And they're the traditional letters of the alphabet. They're not like the new ones where you're like, don't use the X word. X word. Don't use the X word. Xylophone. What the hell word is the band now? No, I've got the I've got the traditional single letter words that i want to say right now to the biden administration but i'm not going to but how about the states that don't have all of the resources of texas and by the way there's going to be a big progressive push now in texas to make sure that we are we're saddled with that uh with that power grid from the united states of america See, Texas doesn't have a power grid that is connected to any other state. We don't want it. We used to be a very independent state. I don't know if we are anymore. Check out our cool windmills. Wow, we're so progressive. Meanwhile, Biden, he's probably so busy. I don't know if you saw the story on CNN yesterday that once in a while, the president will actually throw an extra log on the fire in the Oval Office himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the hard kind of reporting that's going on now at CNN. Yeah, apparently he likes to go to nappy nap at 7 p.m., but he's back in the office by 9 Oh, man. But as long as we're tucked in after the Denny's early bird special, I think we're going to be fine with this president. So the hard hitting story is the life of the president and his nappy nap at night, which they have no problem with. And that he likes a fire lit in the Oval Office. Oh, well, isn't that so colonial? I better not use that word. That's another C word that we're not supposed to use. You know, colonial. How very not progressive to be burning wood in the Oval Office. And once in a while, according to CNN, he'll throw a log on the fire himself. That's just the kind of, you know, do-it-yourself, self-built lunchbox Joe kind of guy he is. Meanwhile, when he's on CNN, they've decided to uh, talk to him a little bit about the problems with covid which he says if we're lucky if we're lucky might be under control now by the end of this year 
And in federal buildings now, you have to wear two masks, not one. Here he is last night talking about the vaccine. And uh, the biggest thing, though, as you remember, when you and I, I shouldn't say it that way, as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? Hmm. Wait a minute. We didn't have a vaccine when he came into office. These aren't the droids you're looking for. What kind of Jedi mind trick do you think you're doing here, Joe? We had a vaccine when you came into office. But now the vaccine, of course, Anderson Cooper is not going to push him on that. I mean, it's past his nappy nap time. He also uh, did something very, very special that I think the the Uyghurs can really appreciate. Now, he said yesterday that one of the things he's really going to go after is the outrageous, dangerous and sickening uh, right wing extremists here in the country. He's got to stop that. But when it comes to China and the Uyghurs, and the Chinese genocide? Ah, we're just a little different. We don't understand each other. Listen. The central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be mm. a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses ah, his rationale for the things he does. Can we stop there? Hang based- on just a second. We'll start again. So the idea that he's excusing here is that Xi Jinping wants a strictly controlled united china well he's mr unity (laughs) i mean so he understands that and sometimes for unity i mean stalin did it you have to have strict control on those people that won't unite so go ahead what else did he say the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must Mm. be a united, tightly controlled China. And he Mm. uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, Ah. no American president can be sustained as a president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States. And so the idea, Mm. I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong, what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of of, uh, China, and uh-huh. Taiwan trying to end the one China yeah. policy by making it forceful. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I said, and by the way, he said he he gets it. Culturally, there are uh-huh. different it. norms at each country and they, oh. their leaders are expected to follow. Oh, OK. OK. All right. I think I heard this from FDR when it's just you don't understand the Germans. They just culturally are different and their extermination of the Jews not a problem i mean it's probably not even happening i mean we should really have more than that photographic evidence and documents that have been smuggled out by people who were in the concentration camps and uh and verified it for fdr no 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 we we need to have some real official reporting before we well here let me have uh justin trudeau he he talked about this yesterday as well 
You don't. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Justin Trudeau yesterday, uh, he went in and said, hey, 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 let's not use the word. Uh, let's not use the word uh, genocide. We don't know that for, for sure. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's weird, Justin, because every time uh, the word genocide is used by you, you say when anyone is killed uh, who is an indigenous Canadian, you or whatever, indigenous, whatever that land was called, uh, crap and cold. How's that one? Uh, whenever any indigenous person of that territory that was crappy and cold, now called Canada, you say that it is an indigenous people genocide that is going on. But you can't talk about a genocide in, in, in China? Wow, that's weird. That's really weird. It's almost as if you guys either want to do business because that's more important than actual genocide or you're afraid of China. Which one is it? We know our president is in bed with China and making money with China and doesn't have a problem with the tight control for unity. We know that about our president, so at least he's out in the open-ish. What's your excuse? I, I, I come into work every day. And I look at the news, and I feel as though we are missing the point. I feel as though the bigger picture is what all of us need to see. And the bigger picture is what is, is happening to us right now. There's a couple of things. One, we are being deeply divided deeply divided as i explained to you yesterday um you're not an extremist if you believe in the bill of rights if you believe that all men are created equal and by that i mean women too and when i say men i mean black white yellow purple polka dot indigenous traveled here from long long ways away if you believe that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain rights that no one can change or alter, then you are not the extremist. Sure, you were an extremist in 1776, but you're not an extremist today. The world is moving to a new system, and we are being put on this new system, and this system is an oligarchy. This system, where are the where are the people on the left? Where are the Democrats that used to lecture me about how these corporations are going to take over the world? United States of America, it's the United Corporations of America. Oh, shut up, is what I used to say. I'm with you now, but where are you? Did you not mean it? Because I haven't changed I've changed my point of view, but I haven't changed my principles. I've come now enlightened to the party. You were right. We have an oligarchy, a global oligarchy that is being formed right now. 
and it is destroying our country and it is destroying our children. Where are you? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Janice Dean. She is the Fox News senior meteorologist and the author of a new book called Mostly Sunny. She is a is a strange person to be the spokesperson on this, but nobody else would stand up. And she had personal experience quickly, Janice, for anybody who hasn't been following your story. Can you just recap why you are one of the leaders in uh, in speaking out against Cuomo? My husband's parents died in separate elder care facilities in March and April. The end of March, we lost his father, and uh, two weeks later, we lost his mom. The plan was we were going to have them in the assisted living residence close to our home. Um, We spent months trying to find a place that would take both of them and would give them care that they needed. His dad was overcoming some health challenges, so we had him in a nursing home slash rehab center, um, to get him in better shape to join his wife, Dee. And then the pandemic happened. We were quarantined. We had no way of having, you know, eyes or ears inside the elder care facilities on our own. So we relied on the people there. Um, and we heard from a, a nursing home worker in late March that my father-in-law wasn't well. And three hours later, he was dead. Um, we had no lead up time. We didn't know about the uh, executive order to put over 9,000 COVID positive patients into nursing homes. So, of course, we would have done something had we known that. Uh, a lot of people like to attack me on that. Well, why didn't you take them out? We had no idea. Um, and then when I wasn't seeing the coverage, Glenn, on the news channels, especially the networks, not one uh, news story on the executive order, why it was in place for 46 days, and then the subsequent cover-up of the numbers. There just wasn't the coverage, especially on CNN when Cuomo yeah. was with his brother doing the comedy hour with giant props. I mean, it, it made my blood boil. So I am not a political person, but this made me realize I have to become one to get into the game here to get answers for my family. So t- let's talk about the executive order before I go into what's new. Talk about the executive order, because this is it's phenomenal how this executive order had been scrubbed and uh, what he was actually ordering nursing homes to do, much to the chagrin of nursing homes. In fact, they fought hard against this executive order. They did. And, and I think, you know, your question of why aren't they speaking out, they're afraid. They are afraid for their jobs. They're afraid they'll go get fired. They are afraid of this governor. Um, he is vengeful. He's mean. He's a bully. Um, so, yes, March 25th. Uh, He mandated nursing homes to take COVID positive patients. And then a few days later, he gave them blanket immunity. Why would he do that? You know, if he knew that this policy was going to result in deaths, is that the reason why he gave them blanket immunity? So these are the reasons why I think maybe you're not getting those answers. But I will tell you that if we had an independent bipartisan investigation with subpoena power, we could get these people on the stand. Uh, and and find out the bottom of this mandate, why it was in place for 46 days. And then May 10th, when they finally reversed it, um, they scrubbed it from their health department website. 
You know, so the governor, you know, blaming all of these other people like the nursing home workers. And at one point he was blaming the visitors. We weren't able to visit my loved ones. They died alone. Um, So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I am on this crusade for justice. Now, last week, uh, his office came out and said that they were hiding all of that information because they felt that the Trump administration was vindictive. And uh, they couldn't release those nursing home numbers. This week, he's come out and said that they had released all of those numbers. They were always transparent. In fact, do we have the audio that we played yesterday from Governor Cuomo in the press conference? And as I see it, lie after lie after lie. Listen. The New York State DOH has always fully and publicly reported all COVID deaths in nursing homes and hospitals. Okay, stop there for they a second. Always is that, Janice, is that true? No. no, that is not true. That is the thing that Letitia James found in an investigation. She found the numbers. They were reporting numbers that were way undercounted. For and months, who is Letitia James? Letitia James is the attorney general of New York, a Democrat who took it upon herself to conduct an investigation because we weren't able to find out until she did. Okay, so there's lie number one. Continue with the audio, please. Reported. Nursing homes had the most vulnerable population. We know that. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming from hospitals. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home when we didn't even know we had COVID. Staff walking into a nursing home, even though they were asymptomatic, because the national experts all told us you could only spread COVID if you had symptoms. And they were wrong. True. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that uh, putting over 9,000 infected patients into nursing homes is going to get them sick. He even said that at the beginning of this, that putting COVID, uh, spreading COVID in nursing homes would be like fire through dry grass. So while I agree that nursing home workers could have definitely brought the virus in, I believe it was the fact that there were COVID positive patients that were the main reason why we had so many deaths and by the way that were brought in from that were brought in from hospitals they were they were covid positive and they were then transferred into these nursing homes and the nursing homes were saying we can't isolate them here right and in the mandate glenn it also says they could not test them so they could not discriminate against these patients by testing them to see if they had COVID. It, and then you do, if you do talk to the nursing home workers, they were not prepared. There were people, they were dressed in garbage bags. They didn't have the PPE at all. They didn't have masks. They didn't have proper um, equipment. So you know what? It's all a lie. It needs to come out, Glenn. This guy continues when he's asked the question to skirt and deny and blame. Well, Schumer yesterday um, ducked the question uh, on his uh, cover up. Schumer won't uh, talk about it. 
the the left doesn't seem to be willing to talk about it. There are some in in uh, the state house that are Democrats that do want to uh, call him on the carpet. I am shocked, at least from a distance, that we are not hearing from these administrators and these workers in nursing homes in New York that they are not everywhere. Because I have to tell you, if if I knew that that mandate had come down and they were forced to do it, you were thinking to yourself, this is going to put not only the patients, I'm in jeopardy as well. And then to be blamed for it by the governor is outrageous. Why is there not more outrage? They're afraid. I think they're afraid, Glenn. And maybe it'll take a few. It's like, you know, there's safety in numbers. Uh, when someone speaks up and stands up, then more people are apt to do that. But I think they are really frightened. A lot of them don't make a lot of money. and they and But I've heard from them um, in private and say that that's exactly what was going on. They felt they had no choice but to take these patients, and they were not prepared, and they blame this governor. Uh, Janice, as always, I thank you for... Um I thank you for all of the reporting you've done on this. I, I think you are one of the main reasons why this has been a story, because no one else is really uh, following this. And I, I think the truth will eventually come out. I, I'm, I am so concerned about our press not telling the truth and bad guys getting away with things, especially when it comes to health and the death of, of people in hospitals and nursing homes. When they can get away with, you know, really bad policies and nobody stands up and says anything, that, that, that is just a dangerous, dangerous trend for all of us. Odds that you think that he is going to pay a real price for this? My gosh, I hope so. 15,000 deaths. I mean, why, where is the outrage? More than 9-11, Katrina, double that. When we look back on this, Glenn, this will be one of the biggest tragedies of New York State history. I hope we get justice. I have the angels on my side, and, you know, hopefully, you know, they will win. Janice, thank you. Thanks for your friendship. Thanks for all the hard work you do. God bless. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. You bet. Uh, I've got a couple of people that are holding that uh, work at nursing homes up in New York. I don't know if they want to be identified before we go on the air. Let's take one minute. Phone screeners, uh, check with them um, and uh, make sure they want to go on the air. I'd love to hear from people who feel passionately one way or another. Do we have this wrong or are we right about the governor and you getting blamed uh, is now the latest. I mean, he blamed the Trump administration. He then blamed the people in his own administration. Uh, now he's blaming uh, the nursing home people. And, you know, if you don't stand up, you're going to continue to get the blame because the people in his own administration stood up uh, and uh, they're starting to kick and scream in uh, New York State in the assembly. And that's why he had to find another target. If you don't stand up, you're going to get it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Megan Kelly joins us. Uh, Megan, I, I usually listen to the New York Times, the daily, the first thing when I get up in the morning, and I, I, my head was going to explode because they were, 
the New York Times was lecturing Texas on what we need to do uh, for power. I couldn't take it. Uh, but then I was I was listening to yours as as well right after. And you spoke to somebody we refer to as Jane Doe, a 17 year old girl who was accused of racism uh, in St. Louis. Tell me her story. Uh, Glenn, it was one of those things where I saw a news report that she had, her family had hired a lawyer and filed a claim against the school. And I thought, well, this is one of the first of its kind, you know, a family pushing back on this racist ideology when it really hurts an actual live student, right? And there's actual pain and intentional emotional distress inflicted. And I thought there's no way this family's going to let this girl speak, but they did. So we used Jane Doe instead of her real name, and it turned out to be probably the most emotionally gripping interview I've done since I launched the podcast back it in It was really September. good. Yeah. This poor girl, um, you can you know feel her pain, frankly. If you listen to the interview, you can hear it build until she kind of can't take it anymore, and she, she breaks down, and you can, I think, just get put a, if not a face, at least a voice on the, the damage this nonsense ideology is doing to our children. Somebody just online just asked me, why are you so focused on this? For the reasons you just said prior to introducing me, because the suicide rate amongst our children is peaking. It's, it's mm-hmm. out of control between COVID and now this. And what worst time could you think of to pile one more thing on these children? Every single white kid is a racist. Every boy is full of toxic masculinity. They were born bad. And that's what this girl's school allegedly believes. So Jane tells a story of how she was at a, uh, it was basically a camper, a camp, a camping event with some friends. And they revealed to her that there are, there are three black girls in their 50 or so person, uh, all girl class. It's a Catholic private school. So she's a senior and in her uh, 50 or so person class, there are three black girls. And one of them, she finds out, has alleged that she stood up in the middle of a class and pointed at the black student and yelled, all black lives do not matter, or black lives do not matter. <laughs> and That's not good. Unfor- unfortunately for the, for the accuser, it turns out that this class was on tape because it was in person, but it was also being offered via Zoom, and all Zoom classes are taped. So there's a tape of the mm-hmm. entire class. And according to Jane Doe, the tape shows nothing of the kind, nothing. And moreover, Glenn, you would imagine if a girl stood up, if a white girl stood up in a class and yelled at it, a black girl, it would be a huge deal. And the teacher yeah. would have intervened, and in the moment it would be huge, none of which happened. And this, the teacher, according to Jane Doe, backed Jane Doe and said, this never happened. This is made up. And according to Jane Doe, the accuser has a history of making up tales along these lines. Well, it should have been over in one day. Didn't happen. Don't know why she alleged it. You owe her an apology for dragging her name for the mud, through the mud. And because of critical race theory and this school's belief that, as they said directly to Jane Doe, all white people are racist. All white people are white supremacists. Um, she was treated as though she still was the aggressor and in the wrong, Jane Doe was, even though it appears she was the victim here. And now, the school's denying all this. The school gave us a statement saying the complaint is riddled with falsehoods, you know, and we'll have our chance to defend ourselves. But they haven't produced the videotape. It'd be very easy for them to say, here's the tape. 
Jane Doe did it. Watch. Didn't happen. And, you know, until and unless it does, this girl deserves the benefit of the doubt because there's not a single witness other than the accuser behind closed doors saying that it did. Not one student in the class has come forward to say she did it. The teacher didn't come forward to say she did it. In fact, the teacher allegedly said to Jane Doe first thing after, I know this isn't true. Of course, I was there. But the school has allowed this young woman's life to be ruined for no reason other than she happens to have been born with white skin and her accuser happens to have been born with black skin. How has her life been ruined? She's become the scourge of the St. Louis school system. So word travels fast in these schools, yeah. and the word got out that she did it. The, the girl was spreading the rumor. It, it, of course, if true, would have been a huge thing. And so she became the target of social media bullies, public mockery. Within her own school, the word got out that she did it. You know, kids who weren't in the class and so on. And, you know, where do you go to get your, your reputation back? The school won't stand up and publicly say it didn't happen, even though why? Chile, why? they've told her why? they say it's because given the time we're in, this is what Jane alleges, given the times that we're in right now, um, we have to be extra sensitive to a student of color, even one making what appears to be a false allegation. That is, uh, this is, <laughs> Megan, I honestly, I don't know how to take it anymore. I really don't. I don't, I don't know what to say on the air anymore. I don't know how to, uh, you know, uh, I- I- encourage people that, you know, things are going to work out because this is this has gone beyond madness, beyond madness. The the accuser in this case allegedly said she's a Trump supporter. Jane Doe is a Trump supporter. Her family are Trump supporters, which is true. And all Trump supporters are racist, right? We've heard that before. And Jane Doe has cops in her family and had a sticker on her computer that had a blue line in it, which apparently there's a distinction between Blue Lives Matter and this sticker. But this is basically I support police. Mm -hmm. And she felt it was important to have it because of all the allegations being made writ large about police over the summer, which she didn't believe. And she thought her uncle and others had served honorably. And she was told by the school in this context, that's racist. The accuser was given the option of making her take it off of her computer by administrators who were donning BLM paraphernalia on their computers and T-shirts and so on. Right. So only one message is okay. This is at a Catholic private school in the Midwest, Glenn, right? We're not talking about the New York City, Upper West Side, liberal bastions where I am. Um, And so she and her family were at their wit's end. Uh, She could get no help. And when you hear the distress caused to this young woman, I really hope it puts what we hear about, you know, like Chris Rufo's tweets and his efforts Mm -hmm. to document what critical race theory is doing into something you can really understand, something tangible. Like, this is a, an actual girl who is in real distress now because of these nonsense theories that she's being made to pay for sins of the father 200 years ago. We already know, uh, because of things that were done in the schools in the 50s and 60s to show how easy it is to get kids to turn against Jews, 
Um, remember, they used to the, the teacher that did the you know blue eye brown eye kind of thing, and it was easy by the time they went for recess that they were already segregating themselves. It, it, this is this is that program writ large. That this is the actual dividing of the country in in very dangerous ways. And uh, you know, if you say that, you're not going to have a voice for long. Well, that's the thing. So it's hard enough for grown-ups on Twitter to stand up to the mob and say, calm down. What's your evidence? Let's see the proof, right? Like, enough with these sweeping condemnations based on immutable characteristics, which back when I went to school was not okay to do. Um, think of 16-year-old girls. I mean, that mm-hmm. you'll do anything to avoid the wrath of oh, the yeah. mob at that age, oh. having to do with anything. I mean, you could wear the wrong sweater and, and it could, they could turn on you. Something like this in today's day and age, when of course we're all being told there's only one position to have, otherwise you're a bad person. Can you imagine how hard it was for her so, to find a friend to stand by her? Even girls who knew it wasn't true, you know, according to her complaint and her testimonial to me, they knew it wasn't true, but they were afraid. They're all afraid. So, Megan, I know you have to run. Let me ask you one more question. Um, you asked her at the beginning of the interview, uh, you planning on going to college? And she said, yes. Uh, that doesn't usually happen when you're when you're standing out and been accused of something. Who's accepting her? And it, does she really think do you think that she has a chance of actually going to the college that she wanted to go to? Well, I didn't I don't know where she's going. She didn't want to reveal that. Um, if it's a more right leaning college and that would be an option of two, (laughs) Um, (laughs) then they probably are more open minded about her (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Megan, thank you so much. Yeah, I think you'll find All right, see you soon. It was good. Thank you. Uh, Megan Kelly, her podcast uh, every day. You should uh, you should listen to it. I think it's three times a week. It's really, really good. Uh, 